Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Chicago trial attorney Karen Cotty. Good morning, Karen. Let's talk first about the Quincy judge who was removed from the bench for reversing a rape conviction. How unusual is this? Very unusual. Um, It's very unusual that judges get sanctioned in any way, let alone removed from the bench. And the courts commission could have done a lot of things, could have reprimanded him, could have given him a little time off. Um, But this removal from the bench is a loud and clear signal that uh, the commission really was not pleased with his conduct. And listen, when there is all the attention, I mean, this case got international attention. Uh, Mm -hmm. You you know, you, you know that the commission is really scrutinizing because, it's you know, the commission wants to set a precedent with judges that when judges don't follow the law and make comments that are very biased and prejudiced, that that can't be tolerated because it kind of shakes our core beliefs in in our system. And I think that uh, I think justice was done here. In a case like this, does the commission look at the uh, past of the judge uh, case histories or is it just about this? They do look at the past history to see if this is a pattern of conduct. I don't know if they did that in this case because this was so blatant. And as your listeners might remember, you know, he basically found the kid guilty of rape and then just turned around and said, I'm not going to follow the law. The law requires a certain mandatory minimum. I'm not doing it because I don't want to. Hmm. And there's a specific code provision that says that, you, first of all, you must comply with the law. That's, that's code number one is being a judge, right? And the second hmm. part of it is you can't promote your own personal interests. And he was saying, you know, I think the parents are at fault for giving the kids alcohol, letting them drink alcohol and swim in their underclothes. The idea being that somehow he was provoked uh, to rape this girl. And again, you know, the whole whole situation was unfortunate. But I think that the commission had to do what it did. Mm. Uh, Let's talk about the Supreme Court. Uh, This week they heard arguments and this was about social media and regulating speech. Uh, Now, where do you think this case is going to go? How do you think the court is going to rule? This is a really important case because in Texas and Florida, the laws laws were passed telling social media platforms that they couldn't uh, call out certain content. And the idea was that those states believed that uh, Facebook and Twitter were taking away conservative messages. So they were saying it's not fair. You have to have everybody speaking on these platforms. The problem is that these social media platforms are private and private You know, like I give the example, if you wanted to write a letter to the editor to the Tribune, the Tribune doesn't have to publish what you write. Mm -hmm. There's no requirement that you get a voice on someone's uh, private uh, platform. And so that that when the government starts doing that and when the government starts telling a private party you can or can't do something, that is where First Amendment comes in. And I think the judges are going to strike down most of this law because it's a slippery slope. You know, if you tell social media, this is what you can do and this is what you can't do, then where does it stop? Mm -hmm. Um, I think they're going to maybe uphold certain other parts of the law that protect privacy and maybe even have that social media platforms disclose their algorithms. So at least we know what's being called out. But as far as uh, monitoring and telling them what they have to moderate, I just think that is unconstitutional under the First Amendment. 
Yeah, I mean, especially in this election year, you have a lot of misinformation. And then, of course, hate speech is always an issue. So uh, people, some people would like to see some uh, some ruling uh, forcing some of these social media companies to be more cautious. Well, and it's it's hard to do that because what what where where do you draw the line? And right. you know, you just have to say, hey, if you want more information or you want more hate speech, hate speech, there's probably a platform out there for you that has a different message that that you want to hear. But mm-hmm. I think you know, as long as you have a private company who's doing this, they get to do what they get to do, much like any other business. You know, I don't want people posting things on my website that I don't approve of. Because that's what that would be forcing me to say something I don't want to say. Mm. And again, you know, social media platform, they want to say is sort of like a utility. That's the argument. Like it's we can we can moderate utilities because they're a public uh, service. But I don't know that social media really rises to the level of utility that the government now has to step in and regulate. It'll be an important decision. When do you think we'll, we'll get this? When will we hear from the Supreme Court on this? I'm thinking it's going to be a while because my guess is there's going to be some dissension uh, among the justices. So I would say probably sometime in the summer. Let's talk about a couple of cases involving Donald Trump. Prosecutors are seeking a gag order in the uh, hush money case. And it it seems that uh, the judge, anyway, uh, doesn't want to see press conferences in his courthouse. Is that what this is all about? Yeah, I think I think the main thing is that he's getting huge amounts of death threats, and so is his family. So, um, and they that was part of the evidence that there were hundreds of death threats that were prompted supposedly by comments that Trump had made. And so, you know, this is a really tough thing. It, it seems like a no brainer that you would have a gag order, but it's really not that easy. The Sixth Amendment says you have to have a fair trial, but the First Amendment says you have to have a right to access and, and be able to speak. And you know, Trump does have a right to say what he wants to say and to criticize his prosecution. But when it crosses the line is when you're uh, harassing witnesses, when you're threatening people, when you're encouraging people to threaten others, when you're poisoning a jury pool. So all of those things are where the line gets crossed. So my guess is the judge is going to enter some sort of limited gag order, um, not not completely because that would be unconstitutional. As expected, uh, Donald Trump appealed that $454 million judgment in the New York civil fraud case. uh, First of all, is the prosecution uh, starting the collection actions already? Has Has that begun? Uh, it hasn't begun, but it can start very soon. I, I believe it's 30 days after the judgment. So the appeal doesn't stay the enforcement. A lot of people think, oh, it's on appeal, so therefore now they can't collect. No, that's not the way it works in any court. Uh, you have to either post bond, which is 110% of the amount, so that would be probably over $500 million, or post the cash. And I don't know that he has the cash uh, readily available to do that. So in very shortly, the prosecutor can start actually collecting on the judgment by putting liens on property, forcing sales, garnishing bank accounts, and that those types of things. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if Trump comes up with the money to mm-hmm. you know, basically stay the collection. Does he have any good arguments in the appeal? You know, I don't think he has really good arguments, and here's why. The judge made the decision here. There was no jury. And so... The judge made the factual determinations of credibility. 
And on a lot of these uh, allegations, there was no evidence on the other side. And that's why it was kind of a summary proceeding at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think the court on appeal is going to look and give that judge a lot of deference in what he determined were the facts here. So I don't see any major problems and in, 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 um, violations of, of the law here. I think it's just a factual determination. The only thing that could be changed is the punishment. Could they say that this $450 million fine is too excessive, is excessive in this case? That, that could be one source of the appeal. More from Karen Cotty, Sunday afternoon at 3 on WGN. Thank you. Have a good one, Karen. You too, Bob.